Welcome to the Communication 24-7 podcast, where we communicate about how we communicate. I'm your host, Jennifer Furlong. Alrighty, folks, welcome to the Transacting Value Podcast, where we discuss the value of values with guests of varying backgrounds and perspectives that we then nest over shared values. Now, we may not always agree as humans, but we have to maintain a common understanding that each of us is experiencing life from different places around the world in various settings that culminate in our unique and different perspectives. Now, we are all living that process at the same time. So, to better identify the character of your character, Join us every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we enrich each other's lives through mutual respect, civility, and transacted value. That was Josh Porter Porthouse, an active duty U.S. Marine on a mission to explore the human condition and the connections between our personal values and our interactions with others. His goal? To help people with different perspectives learn to communicate in a way that can reveal shared values and ultimately serve to unite. I really enjoyed this discussion with Porter where he shared about how his experiences as a long distance parent and his experiences being deployed overseas caused him to reflect upon his personal values and his journey in using his podcast to explore character development and values-based leadership. Enjoy. Today, I have a very special guest, someone who just because of the nature of what he does is very close to my heart, another United States Marine, Ura, in the house. And so um, I would like to first introduce you to Josh Porthouse. You are the host of the Transacting Value podcast. Um, and an important thing about your podcast that I really appreciated is that you have this focus on values. Um, and your personal values include courtesy, compassion, competence, and conviction. Very nice use of alliteration right there, I might add. So today we're going to talk about, you know, values-based leadership, character development, and how Porter is incorporating all of these ideas and values into this podcast that he has created while being an active duty Marine. So there's a whole lot of stuff going on there. So welcome to the show, Josh. Thank you for being here. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate it. Jen, thanks for having me on. Oh, absolutely. And forgive me. Okay, I'm going to call you Porter. I was, you know, I'm afraid I'm going to call you Porter House. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> the stake reference. I said I was going to do know, that. You <laughs> know, yeah, some, some elementary school scars just don't heal, you know? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's what toughened you up though. That's what prepared you for what it is that you do now. All yeah. right. So let's talk about your podcast. That's really why I asked you to be on the show because I found it so incredibly interesting being active duty. And um, you decided at some point that you wanted to create a podcast because you wanted to be able to talk about values and leadership and character development and all of those things that are incredibly important. So I was just curious about your journey and what it is that you're hoping to achieve and all of those things. So why don't you start by giving us a, a quick background of where, you, where you're from and what is it that 
got you to this point? Why is it that you decided that this was the direction that you wanted to go? Well, the short answer is podcasting because uh, I've got the face for it. So that helps. Um, <laughs> there, there's a, I, uh, I used to say that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it's, it's interesting, I guess, for me. So I was born in Clearwater, Florida some odd years ago and made my way around the country. And now at this point, uh, five out of almost every continent. Uh, by virtue of the Marine Corps, the majority of my time being in the infantry. So there was a lot of things that regarding communication, I never really learned, you know, like uh, I went to a Catholic school, primary school, you know, middle, junior high type setup, and then a Southern Baptist high school. And so everything was pretty consistently sheltered. Um, I remember, (laughs) I remember as a kid, I couldn't even leave the driveway if mom wasn't outside. And I was like 14. So <laughs> it's okay. So that's, that's a little protective for the, yeah, that's enough of the backstory, I guess. But yeah, <laughs> and, you know, so then it, it wasn't really until I went to college that I was like, man, I, I can do whatever I want realistically with no repercussions. Cause it's not like I was at risque, you know, I was mm-hmm. finally on my own and I was like, Oh, wait a minute. I don't have to get breakfast right now. I'm going to walk this way instead of that way. And nobody's going to ask why, you know, it, it was just the little steps of, of rebellion starting to bloom and blossom, I guess. And then, you know, as I, as I got through college, I said, well, you've got to major in something. Eventually you got to pick something. That's it. Right. And I said, all right, cool. Criminal justice would be pretty legit. And no, it didn't stick. And I said, all right, well, international studies, that sounds cool. Oh, that didn't stick. And then finally, mom said, look, if you're going to do anything and you got to choose something, just get into business. Mm-hmm. You can always fall back on it and it'll just give you something as a foundation. Um, but it wasn't really fulfilling enough for me. So the circle of friends I got in with, I guess, was twofold. One was a fraternity and one was the theater kids. And between the two, that's where I started to sort of find myself. Uh, I guess, ironically, in playing other people as characters and in pretending I was cooler than I actually was in a fraternity, right? right? <laughs> and and sort of by faking the funk, eventually I started finding my own routine and my own uh, identity, I guess. And then it was just a straight throat punch when I enlisted and I realized mm-hmm. nobody cared. And so, right. yeah, like, you know, <laughs> what do you um, mean I can't be an individual? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, all all of the growth and progress I had made was like a, a young newborn flower that just got hit with a lawnmower, you know. And it it was it was the probably biggest culture shock that I had going through Paris Island uh, now over a decade ago. But everything I heard was just do what you're told, instant willing obedience to orders, scream the ditties, and everything else about drill and whatever. And I'm telling you, Jen, I came out of there. I didn't have a clue who else I was other than what was just imprinted on my soul, you know? Right. Right. Like yeah. I, there, mm-hmm. there was a, there was not a thought in my mind at all that I was never anything else before. Like totally, mm-hmm. I don't want to say brainwashed, but like conditioned because yeah. that's all I heard. That's all we said. That's all we did and thought for 13 weeks. It was right. such a surreal experience in hindsight that it's no wonder you come out different. You know, mm-hmm. sure, like nobody promises you a rose garden and like all that stuff is accurate as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, no disservice to them. The recruiters didn't do that experience justice. Mm-hmm. It, it was a total game changing experience. But in that process, I totally lost sight of who I was. 
as an individual because you don't have a choice. And Mm -hmm. so then going into the infantry, that was a a great opportunity for me to not have to think about anything. Mm. I could, I could run away from my problems. I could totally distract myself on whatever was happening in my head or in my life because we were always in the field training three weeks, Mm -hmm. almost two weeks, three weeks out of every month. We were doing field ops or whatever, especially early on. And then in my first, I don't know, seven years, I deployed five times. I didn't have time to worry about anything, you know, and and a lot of that contributed to a lot of the problems I had in my life. But it's almost like professionally, when things are going well, you start generally to negate or neglect your personal life and vice versa. If your Mm -hmm. personal life's going well, your work starts to suffer. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that work-life balance and how you sort of get that across to yourself or to your family and friends or whatever ultimately is is either going to suffer or succeed. I think for me, that's a big reason that, uh, well, that's a big reason my marriage failed because I didn't know how to communicate. Mm -hmm. That's a big Mm -hmm. reason that in the infantry, I worked my way up pretty quickly, all things considered, uh, compared to my peers, but I joined late, you know? So technically my age peers were the commanders, were the officers by the time I made any headway. Mm -hmm. And so trying to build some sort of cohesive relationship with other squad leaders or platoon staff or whatever as time went on, we just weren't the same people. I, I'd sort of mm-hmm. outmatured most of them, at least from my perspective. And so I still didn't know how to communicate, even though I had a more clear idea of who I was or who I was becoming. Mm-hmm. So anyways, long story short, fast forward 2014, my son's born. And I realized it was more important that I started to identify more clearly who I was and what I wanted to articulate. Because as long as I stay in the Marine Corps, I'm not going to be physically around him as often as I'd want. It's just out of my control. Right. Yeah. And so what if one day, and he likely will, he wonders, dude, dad, why did you choose to leave? Why did you choose your work over your family? Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And I, I can combat mm-hmm. that. Uh, mm-hmm. No, I didn't. You know, but, <laughs> but it's a volunteer service. Okay. Well, you know what, man, you're right. So, when that happens, and again, inevitably it will, if I don't remember why I made decisions or he doesn't ever think to ask or whatever I want to teach him about the upside and the positive impacts that I've made or had as a result of being active, maybe I won't see it the same way by the time he thinks to ask. And so then what service am I really doing? What, what, what is the benefit to what I'm communicating at that point in time? So I figured, mm-hmm. all right, he's eight now, but at the time he was seven. I said, well, I need to reach out to him. I need to try to find ways to communicate with him because now he's starting to think on his own. So I started initially as a video series called Survival Dad YT, and I put it up on YouTube. After, you know, five, six months of very low viewership and very long editing times, very short production and poor quality, I started to realize, like, I can't sustain this. (laughs) I got an email, actually, from a a guy. He works at uh, UC Berkeley now a little over a year ago. He said, hey, man, you got to work on your lighting. You got to work on your video production. You got to work on your editing. And I was like, you got to work on getting me people to do that, man. Like, I was doing it on my phone or some editing software or whatever, you know, whatever I could get free in my free time. And then my older brother actually called. He said, hey, man, I just started seeing some of your videos popping up. I think maybe you should stop. I said, why? We meant, like, I thought the message was good. He said, yeah, it doesn't matter what you think, though, because you're not the one watching them. And I'm telling you, you're not that good. Wow. That's what I said. And well, no. all right, man. Like, clearly, you don't know what you're talking about, you know? Right. 
but uh, Asa, look, man, like your message is there, okay? But your videos are more distracting than they're helping. Mm. And if it's taking you that long to get to the point and what you're trying to say, the quality and the editing, why not a podcast? I'll try it. It, it's been just as much of a learning process. It'll be a year in October running the podcast. And just this past July, uh, I changed the name to Transacting Value. And that's been its own uphill growing process, learning how to run this as a business and cultivate this into a brand and then convey a message and all the things that go with you know, founding a, a company and media outlet that you might expect. And I guess long story long, that's how it all sort of came about and, and how we're here now. Yeah, that's so interesting because it makes me think about there's a communication theorist named Marshall McLuhan, and um, he had coined the phrase, the medium is the message. I don't know if you've ever heard that before. The medium is mm -hmm. the message. He, he coined that phrase in the 1960s. And it really helps underscore how the medium we choose to use to send our messages, they really do play a vital role in how that message is received. Mm. And it's just interesting hearing your background and how you started it as a YouTube channel, yeah. you know, just making videos and in something somewhat of a legacy project, really, when you think about it, you know, something, hey, my kid might watch these someday and learn all about what I'm doing, what I'm thinking, maybe why I've made some decisions that I've made. I just find it so interesting, though, that the feedback that you got, um, they basically were telling you this is not the correct medium to get whatever it is done that you're trying to do. Um, do you think they were correct, though? Or do you, you know, now that you look back, do you think they were being a little harsh? Or do you think they were right on the money? I think if I were 20 years younger and somebody said that to me, I might say they were a little harsh. I think now, mm -hmm. after whatever life experiences I've been through and have come my way, I think they were spot on. And frankly, uh, so I, I, I created characters to help supplement the story arc of, of what I'm trying to get across. And, mm -hmm. and so one of my characters is dedicated to YouTube shorts. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or YouTube in general, I guess, but YouTube shorts currently. And it's, it's tricky. Right, like how much of lacking viewership now also balanced between video and audio is due to the video or is mm -hmm. due to the message or is due to my inability to market effectively. There's almost so many variables, it's really tough to say if that one, two pieces of advice I got a year ago were accurate or totally misplaced and I just don't have enough information to say it was a smart call. I, I really don't know yet. Yeah, it's just really interesting. Um, do you think you might get back into YouTube again? Or for now, you just want to focus on your podcast? You know, I really like this idea of having multiple characters. And I'm not going to do this forever. Like the, the podcast right. isn't the ultimate goal. Um, but it is fun. It is a hobby and it is cathartic. So it's not going to change for a while. But the medium, I don't, I'm not going to be, as at least as myself, in the videos in the same format and way that I was before. No. Right. Uh, but for the sake of broadening reach and encouraging message and dialogue and whatever around these characters and their own respective demographics now, and yeah, videos are still going to play a role. So have you had any type of training or background? Because I, so 
you're in the infantry, right? Yeah. So there's not a whole lot of opportunity. It's not like, you know, I was in public affairs. So I had that journalism background. And by the way, that's the best MOS in in the Marine Corps. Like (laughs) as a public affairs is like, okay, just make sure you do three stories a week, you know, get your stories in, go take a bunch of pictures or video and, you know, get it in. And and that way we can publish it. I could go wherever the hell I wanted, (laughs) you know, just get the story. Yeah. And I think the advantage at least for me in this space is having that journalism type of background where it Mm -hmm. gave me at least somewhat of a foundation, like somewhere to start from. How did you get up to speed so quickly? Because listening to your podcast, it's very well done. You have excellent questions. You do a really nice job at interviewing. Um, I think the whole thing is, is, really well crafted. So what have you done to try to get up to speed or are you just naturally gifted at, you know, the whole communication thing? No, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> no, that's not the case. Um, you know, it's, it's sort of, I guess, threefold. One, I found my fuck it button. I don't know if I can say that. I'm sorry, but I found a mm-hmm. fuck it button mm-hmm. and it wasn't so much that I stopped caring what other people thought. It's just, I realized that I could validate myself. Yes. Right. So it's not about applause, planning applause. in a vacuum. Thank you. So <laughs> it's not about planning in a vacuum. It's, or, or even communicating in one and, and, you know, mm-hmm. thinking that, that my own uh, value or what I have to offer, what I bring to the table is all that matters. Mm-hmm. It's not meant to sound narcissistic either. It's just that, for all of the shit talking that might occur or, or actually does occur, it doesn't have to define who I am because nobody, all things considered on the whole mm-hmm. knows me like I do. Right. So why would I be offended? One, if somebody misinterprets what I say, if I'm not being genuine about what I'm saying, mm-hmm. well, then mm-hmm. what, what else would I expect? Of course, they're going to misinterpret it based on what I'm expecting. Mm-hmm. So learning to manage my own expectations, I guess. But secondly, so like I said, I was in theater for a little while. I wasn't the best, and I didn't get any lead roles except one in The Good Doctor, Anton Chekhov, shout out. But there's a, there, there was an opportunity that I had there to realize that it didn't matter what made me uncomfortable or anxious mm-hmm. or upset or name an emotion. Because I started learning how to cultivate my imagination and find ways to deal with that and mm-hmm. cope and deal with conflict, internal or external. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I took an aspect of that as well. But thirdly, infantry does something unique and communicating is not, uh, I, I guess, through a vocabulary that's large is not mm-hmm. one of those unique things known for the movie. But being able to communicate and find ways to reach people to do things that don't want to do them in environments where they don't prefer to be. You know, it's crazy. Something I learned, I guess, overall. And I'm not speaking for the infantry as a whole in the DOD or even the entire Marine Corps infantry, just the infantrymen that I've worked with and, and myself firsthand that physically I've been everywhere I needed to be on time with what I needed and, and all those other things. Mentally, I don't know that I was there 50% of the time. Mm-hmm. Like to hike, say 12 miles with 150 pounds. Mm-hmm. To then conduct some sort of a range defensive off offensive, whatever we had to do, patrol, whatever. To then bed down for the night, 
and get rained on. Mm-hmm. Now nothing's dry. And oh, by the way, we're, you know, a thousand feet up or nothing mm-hmm. dries through the night. And now it froze overnight and I still have to put my boots back on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is not an ounce of what is in my head present in that moment, aside from, right. oh, this sucks. And then I'm back wherever it is. I feel more comfortable and more whatever. Right. Understanding that that, you know, what, what was happening to me was happening to other people. And then how to communicate that, how to use my imagination to deal with what I didn't know the words to use. And that was a platform that as long as I find something in common with somebody, I guess it feels more natural, but I still get anxious. I still get uncomfortable. I still get nervous. I, like I, I, I had a, I sat here before we got started. Matter of fact, uh, five minutes or so before you hit record. And I was like, all right, you know, like there, it's still there. You're mm-hmm. still you. You just find mm-hmm. ways to manage it and cope with it in process. And I think that's all that's really happened. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm glad so glad you mentioned off. that. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm so glad that you mentioned that because there's so many, so many people I talk to and, you know, I've been teaching classes for 18 years and public speaking is one of the courses that I've been teaching at the college level. And I'm constantly telling the students, look, being nervous is a perfectly natural part of this process. I mean, when you're thinking about it, you're expected to either stand up in front of a group and deliver this formal presentation, or if you're being interviewed, you're expected mm-hmm. to give all the right answers. Or, you know, like now, it's maybe not an interview for a job, but you are being interviewed on somebody's podcast and you don't know what questions I'm going to throw at you. You know, it, it oh. could be a great conversation. It could end up being a disaster. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen. That's the beauty of live, right? That's the beauty of just getting together on, on a podcast video and just seeing what happens. But that nervousness is, it's a natural part of that process. And even all of the greats, you know, all of the professionals will admit at some point, they will feel those butterflies. Their mouth might get a little dry or palms will start sweating a little bit and they just kind of feel all tense. And then they do exactly what you just did. Just take a deep breath, <sighs> maybe do some stretches to try to get your mind and your body you know, in the right yeah. frame that it needs to be. So I, and I think that's why I really enjoy listening to your podcast. And that's why I really enjoy listening to your story because I don't know if you truly get how inspiring that is for others. Have you had that experience yet where you've had people contact you and say, dude, like for real, this is pretty freaking awesome. I have had a couple of people reach out. Yeah. And mm-hmm. most of them we've worked into interviews on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, that hasn't necessarily been said on the air. It's, it's an all fair conversation. Right. And then we talk around mm-hmm. getting an interview, but I, it, it's a weird thing, I guess for me personally, I don't know what to do with a company. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. it's not that it makes me uncomfortable on the inside. Mm-hmm. I just, it's like, have you seen any of the Batman movies with Christian Bale? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Remember the one with Heath Ledger as the Joker, whichever one that was? Yes. Somebody's oh, right. going to hear this and be like, yeah. oh, like, you're an idiot. It's this one, but whatever. 
that one. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's like it's like when when Joker's talking to Batman, Christian Bale's like, "Oh, why do you do what you do?" Whatever, something mm-hmm. to that effect. And 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 Heath Ledger's like, "You know, I'm like a I'm like a dog, just chasing a bone. Like I wouldn't even know what to do with I got it type thing." <laughs> yeah. And and that's it. Like I'm I'm. It's not that I'm looking for compliments or validation, mm-hmm. like like we've already addressed, right? But mm-hmm. but when I get them, I say thank you because that's mm-hmm. societal morals. That's the polite right. thing to do. That's yeah. you know that's the right thing to do. Like I don't mm-hmm. know what else to do though. If you said yeah, but are you really thankful? I'd be like, well, I don't know. I never thought about it. But like, what else would I say? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's what's weird about it to me. Like I have had people say things like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what to do with it. Like, oh, thank you. Let me turn it into this productive thought process. Like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. yeah. Well, here is here is a great example of a communication phenomenon. You know, what mm-hmm. do we do with that? And I mean, there's all kinds of theories out there that we could get into. But does it make you uncomfortable when anyone gives you a compliment about the work that you're doing on the podcast? Truthfully, not even just the podcast. It can be in general. Yeah. It would be like, I like your shoes. I'm like, oh, hey, nice cheekbones, dude. Like, I don't know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, um, for the longest time, I was the same way. It, and I think it it goes back to, you have to have a certain personality type to work at the things that we want to do well at, right? I mean, like you sure. said it earlier, you, you're putting in the time and the effort and the focus into this thing. And you're not necessarily doing it to get the praise. You're not doing it to get the accolades. You're just doing it because you genuinely enjoy doing a good job and yep. you want to put out a good product. And so whenever I've gotten a, you know, congratulations or thank you or anything like that, for the longest time, I was the same way. I didn't know how to react to that. It made me a little uncomfortable at times because frankly, I was like, okay, um, Mm -hmm. all right, you're welcome. You know, I get just a little, even uncomfortable saying you're welcome. But then somewhere along the line, I realized just kind of take a moment and think about what it means to be acknowledged for the things that I'm doing. And you don't necessarily have to do anything with it. It is just the fact of letting yourself know, damn, there's somebody out there who actually appreciates what the hell I'm doing. That's cool. You know, yeah, that's a good point. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's cool. And I'm just going to let it sit. All right. Yeah, that's that's thank you for the compliment. And um, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And I'm glad that there are a few people that, you know, along the way, Maybe they're expressing that they're appreciating it, but I'm still going to do me. I'm still going to do, you know, what I'm doing. So that brings me to my next question. So why are you doing what you're doing? What was the purpose of the Transacting Value podcast? What is it that you're hoping to achieve? I guess there's two answers to that. And Mm -hmm. I'll I'll keep them brief unless you want to dive into them. But it's really more of a, I guess, a, a selfish reason and then to consider a little bit more selfless. I want a web three brand, you know, mm-hmm. like a billion dollar valuation plus media mm-hmm. conglomerate company. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So from a podcast, how is that possible? I mean, there's a conference this, just this past summer. Uh, what was it? Dallas. 
talking all about, well, how do you market a podcast? How do you make it something, whatever? And it's this huge thing now. Podcasting is becoming bigger and more influential, whatever. Mm-hmm. A billion dollars? One company? I don't know. I think that's a stretch mm-hmm. right now. But it's a selfish goal. Mm-hmm. And I think it starts with podcast. Selfless in comparison, because as a topic, values-based decision-making, character development, it doesn't matter what's happening in the world, where you're from, your culture, your language, the events, the politics, the fill in the blank. People are still people first, mm-hmm. period. So why would I invalidate you by picking my perspective over yours and then telling you that? There's no point. It accomplishes nothing. I'm not saying we all have to get along. I'm not going to agree with everything you do or say, but there is still a definite need, for example, for courtesy. Mm-hmm. That's it. There can be a mutual respect and we can still disagree. Mm-hmm. We can get into an argument and still walk away respecting each other as people. I'm not saying that doesn't happen all the time, but as an example. Mm-hmm. Right? So ideally, a vision for this podcast is to unite worldwide societies with different perspectives over a construct of shared value, right? So that's all the, the discussions entail. And then it starts in the U.S., syndicate to other countries, other cultures, languages apply, but same principle. They'll talk about values mm-hmm. and character, right? So it sort of a, occurred to me, and I'll, I'll jump into a quick story to, to your point and that question. I was in Afghanistan a couple years ago, and I had picked up enough working Dari was a, a dialect of the language where we were um, to where I didn't have an interpreter with me anymore. And so we were out on a patrol. We were coming back into the base. And there was this, this kid there. I can't remember exactly, maybe 12, 13 years old. Just he and his father worked at this place selling clothes and carpets outside the base in the bazaar. And so after the first couple of weeks of coming in and out and in and out, I'd see him standing there in the front. But it was close enough to the base where if we had some dispersion between us, not a big deal. Anyway, so I was talking to him. And at one point, I stopped over to say hi and said, hey, to his dad. And, you know, how's life? How's everything going? Whatever. And over the course of the next few weeks, maybe a month, we built a semblance of a friendship. Mm. He would bring me goat and rice when we would come back from patrols that he'd make with his dad or non, like bread, whatever. Mm -hmm. And in return, twice a week, I'd take him on base and we'd go to the gym. Because his goal was to be a wrestler at Madison Square Garden. Okay. I'm telling you, Jen, this kid had to have been under five feet tall. And he could easily rep out 315 pounds on the bench. Wow. Stupid strong. <laughs> yeah. Stupid tr- little bulldog of a kid. Okay. So to, to frame your picture here. Anyway, the point being, we were talking at one point as we were walking back after the gym. And people complained. It was snowing, it was cold, it was windy, it was wet. We're in Afghanistan, away from home. and People were there, service members, military, complaining about something. Those people, And he said, basically, I don't understand what you have to complain about. You're here for six months. I live here. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And it was such a transformational moment for me to realize that he's right. Like every time we would go places and complain, I'm invalidating his perspective, mm-hmm. but not even considering that his existed mm-hmm. in the process. Right. And so having different perspectives, we were able to then sort of better enhance each other, but had a little bit of courtesy been exhibited. Maybe they keep their mouth shut. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And was it a big deal? Probably not, but maybe, you know, and so 
for that reason. That's why I changed the name. As we sit down and we have conversations, what we're discussing is other people's values, mm-hmm. is their perspectives. And so we're adding value to each other by having that conversation and transacting those values. That's where it Yeah. Goes. No, that's amazing. And there's one thing that I can appreciate about that is, you know, I've never been to Afghanistan or anything like that, but having international students come into the classroom, mm-hmm. it is such a privilege to be able to have conversations with these young adults who have grown up in completely different cultures uh, overseas and they come over here to America, they sit, you know, in a classroom and they're having to take in so much change, you know, so much that is different from everything that they know. And they're expected to rise to the occasion and to perform right. And to perform well, but to be able to have those types of conversations and learn from their perspective and to listen to their stories, it just helps broaden your worldview. And it really does help to put some, like you said, you know, I mean, the kid is, Hey, y'all are here for six months. This is, this is my home. This is where I live. What a powerful moment. You did an interview and truthfully, I'm not sure. I don't mean in disrespect. I don't know if this is a real name or if this is what you were calling her, but, but sister soldier, I think was the name. It was her interview. And I, I think uh, something about successful transitions was, was the focus mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's right. um, in, in varying applications. But she said something about podcasts at one point. It's a way to storytell, to, story yeah. tell, to tell stories, yeah. right? And, and you've got to craft your own unique perspective, I think is how she said it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the benefit of podcasting as a host or as a guest. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're able to showcase what you bring to the table to whatever extent, scale, scope of value that embodies, but it's authentic. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the disparity that's coming. Mm-hmm. Not always, and I'm not, you know, this isn't fear mongering or, I don't know, doom slaying or whatever word applies here, but mm-hmm. like Web3 is coming. There mm-hmm. are so many components about NFTs and blockchain that are coming. Period. Mm-hmm. We're breeding little cyborgs in elementary school right now. Right, right. You know, but in that process, does increased distance have to decrease humanity? I don't right. think so. Yeah. But I think it could. Mm-hmm. And so trying to find ways to increase or at least maintain or even just instigate to educate, you mm-hmm. know, a little bit of dialogue around values and character development doesn't have to be okay, class, let's talk about character development. And frankly, if that's how you sound, I, I don't mean any. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> <laughs> but, I sound more like the Charlie uh, Brown teacher, the wah, 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 wah. There you go. Students. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But, you know, it, it, it doesn't have to be an explicit conversation about these topics. In your face, let's talk about values because instantly the whole class falls asleep guaranteed right. sleeping potion, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about character. How about no teach? You know, like that's how it goes. Can we talk about stories or, or conversations at all about any topics? You want to talk about abortion? We'll talk about abortion. You want to talk about gun rights? Great. But racism, critical race theory, who cares? Mm-hmm. But having those conversations, can we also weave in the importance of a value system, the reliance mm-hmm. on a culture to build a perspective and 
it's just articulating those themes that can mean the difference between incivility and mutual respect. Yeah. Right. It's all about storytelling and that's, that's the benefit. Yeah. Have you ever had a, a, a time in an interview where you disagreed so vehemently with your guest that you really had to take stock in how re- how you were approaching the interview and how you were going to frame your responses, frame the questions. Have you ever had that type of experience where it was just somebody who was just so on the opposite end of your own spectrum of, of values and beliefs that it was more of a difficult conversation than what you anticipated? You're putting me in a corner here, Jen, because people can go <laughs> back and check. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I, I, I don't mind. Go ahead and check them out. A lot of, a lot of my, I don't even want to say stress because it's really not, you know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of those issues for me, I keep internal okay. ever since I got, ever since I got told as a kid, if you can't say anything nice, don't say it. I always took it as, well, then I'm oh. just going to shut up because I don't like <laughs> anything I'm hearing. In, in I'm just setting. not going to say not, anything not at all ever. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, you know, in, in certain circumstances. Right. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until recently, I guess, that I actually started thinking about that a little bit more because that's all I talk about Mm -hmm. is, well, that doesn't mean I have to not say anything. Maybe it's just don't say things when you're angry. Right. Yeah. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's just don't say things when you're frustrated. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot of long pauses that I edit out. Yeah. Yeah. um, No, but, you know, I'll tell you. There's here's a good example. My mom and I don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. Mm. We've had very different perspectives, very different upbringings, and very different perspectives have grown as a result of those that just so happen to where we oppose each other on a lot. Mm. Mm-hmm. I tend to be a little bit more forward and a little bit more abrasive for whatever number of reasons, and she tends to be a lot more accommodating and not. Mm-hmm. But there are times when she says things, and I bring this up because we did an interview and it's like, now nah, I got to figure out how to, you know, so she says things that, yeah, I, I don't agree with them, but in principle, not in vocabulary. Okay. And I think over the last, you know, three decades that I've been aware of conversations, mm-hmm. I started to let go that, okay, well, the, the vocabulary doesn't matter. And if it's the principle that bothers me and she's not actually saying those things, well, then it's me giving me the problem. Mm-hmm. So, is there really a problem? Usually, no. Usually, it's my interpretation of what she's saying because she never actually said it, and I'm not a mind reader. Right. You know. So, the interview that her and I had, yeah, there's a couple points in there where I started feeling myself getting frustrated because I kept trying to push, or I felt like I was pushing, and really, she just wasn't accepting. And then I mm-hmm. stopped, and I was like, "Well, who cares? Does it really matter? Like, no. why am I trying to?" her perspective or trump her perspective or you know whatever mm-hmm. or what or, like the literally the point of this conversation is to have a conversation why am i not just right yeah you know? so a lot of that growth like i said earlier this this podcasting experience interviews or hosting has been cathartic for me and, and given me the ability right. to mentally grow and develop too so yes is the short answer but I don't know that it was ever really vehemently a problem to where it was detrimental. Yeah. But there is such a valuable lesson learned right there. There's something I want to tap into that you just said. 
realizing that your goal is to have a conversation, you know, versus having a debate, you know, versus having an argument, you know, versus trying to persuade someone and convince them, you know, to your side. So that's a completely uh, different way of going about things. But if your entire goal is simply to have a conversation Mm -hmm. And really just to understand from that point that the different, I think that takes a lot of the pressure off from having to, okay, I got to win, you know, like I have a viewpoint here and I know my viewpoint is right. It's the correct one. So I gotta, I gotta make sure that I get you over to my side. I got to win this thing. And I think a lot of, I think of a lot more people, including myself, because even though I do this for a living, this whole communication thing. When I say it's a work in progress, it's been a long work in progress, right? I mean, 30 plus years, still, it's a skill yeah. like any other skill. You got to keep working at it. Um, sure. But yeah. yeah, to keep that mindset, you know, this is a conversation. We're exploring, we're learning, you know, we're just trying to comprehend what's going on. And I think that can go a long way uh, with oh, yeah. a lot of what's happening today. Have you, because you are active duty, and as we all know, when you're active duty, you are government property, right? You belong to the U.S. government. But I am curious, have you got any pushback you know, from the Marine Corps or anyone in DOD? Have you gotten the talk from anyone saying, okay, now, you know, like this is a public forum, need to make sure, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So for everybody listening... I think it was 2011, maybe 2012. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the U.S. DOD had to sign a piece of paper saying, I won't be an asshole to the media. Right. Or on right. social media. Or I'll pay attention to what I say. You know, mm-hmm. for a few different reasons, it ended up on paper. For a few mm-hmm. different reasons. Yeah, you. it, it was a voluntary signature. Um, but it was. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, it was one of those mm-hmm. things. It was mandated. Yeah. So, yes, a decade ago. Mm-hmm. recently i'll tell you it's funny you bring that up just in the last maybe six weeks uh i had a guy at work is a higher rank and he said i understand you put a lot of time into this podcast thing but it's just a hobby and this is your job mm-hmm. so if it starts to interfere you're done with it mm-hmm. just like that and what like what right do you have to tell me what to do with my free time right. and if i can't manage my time and I don't need to be explaining that to anybody else. More importantly, mm-hmm. I don't need to be a part of this platoon company staff picture mm-hmm. because like, at what point do I have the, the ownership of my own time and my own decision? Right. So at first that's how I took it in my head. Mm-hmm. Right? In, in your head. It. Yeah. Synthesize yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then I started to realize that it was just in my head that I was getting offended also. And ultimately, he was looking out for me. Maybe not his intentions, but that's how I decided mm-hmm. to take it. Right. And, yeah. and he was looking out for me like, hey, man, you know, if it gets to be too much, you've got to remember where your priorities are. You mm-hmm. signed a contract, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, pushback, but in a really relative mindset. You know, because podcasting, I know it's, it's been around for, for some time, but I do know that... 
you know, it can be a very difficult thing. And I'm sure as long as you're not getting into anything too political or, you know, you're not in it, into anything that, you know, those hot button issues. But like you said yeah. before, it's like, hey, well, I'll talk about anything. You want to talk about this? We'll talk about that. You and know, we'll it, talk right? about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. you defend it and you justify it. And what angle are you coming at it about? Right. Like I just said, Marine Corps three times on your podcast. So I'm going to jail. You know, hold on now. Right. Yeah. Like I'm not talking on behalf of an organ. I'm not, you know, indirectly representing, but I'm not sort of committing to anything or saying anything detrimental. Right. It's all still objective and and reasonable. And then that's really the standard. Have you, after having so many conversations with so many different guests and in just being privileged enough to have your worldview expanded by all these different perspectives, have you found that your values or your belief system, has that changed somewhat over time or has it been challenged or? I mean, all of it. Yeah. 100% of it. Oh yeah, definitely. And I, now I'm, I would say almost directly tying that to podcasting because I never had to mm-hmm. pay attention to thought about it before my character, my values, because all I need are honor, courage and commitment. So mm-hmm. You know, like that's that, right. That's right. That's that's it. So, no, it it didn't matter, right? Because anywhere I went, oh, you must be in the military. Oh, mm. Marine, I see that now. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Like you were the label, you were the job, and so I was like, well, fuck it, then that's who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so, yes, part of me has to embody that, not just because I'm active duty, but but it's because it is something I've accomplished and it is a part of me now. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until I started this podcast that I started more critically evaluating for the sake of clarity and relatability and, and just overall competence in what I'm trying to discuss as a topic. Well, that, you know, courtesy, competence, conviction, mm-hmm. for example, are things that I do care about. Yeah. Honor is important, right? But it's not me as right. me. It's me in the Marine Corps. And so it's priority. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Integrity is important because I don't like people that lie. If I can't trust you, I can't work with you. If I can't work with you or, you know, sleep while you're awake with the rifle mm-hmm. watching out for people, there's a problem. Right? So, yeah, integrity goes a long way and I see value in that. Mm-hmm. But for me as a person in like a daily life, developed country, sort of first world problem perspective here, and not to trivialize the rest, but that's, that's mm-hmm. where I'm at. That level of trust isn't something on a daily basis I need to sustain. Mm-hmm. So, you know, understanding that, okay, well, if I'm having a conversation with somebody, are they in that moment the competent authority so I can learn something and so can they and we can get something out of this break? Or right. it's this physical thing or, you know, I, I, I rehab houses whenever I'm able and carpentry is more my thing, but, you know, if, if if we're doing electrical or plumbing or whatever, am I talking to people that know what they're doing? Okay. So I, over time, started to realize that, well, I personally then value competency, mm-hmm. but it's also more utilitarian because is that professional in the military? Is it, you know, in hobbies and podcasting, whatever? It's still something that I have been able to walk away from though, because I'm only mm-hmm. seeking people that know what they're talking about to talk to. Right. So then competency sort of comes to that. And so, the point I'm getting at is, yeah, once I realized I needed to be more clear about where I stood and I wasn't and I hadn't been, well, I had to be willing to accept more ownership in that. 
right. clarify it, whereas before I didn't. So yeah, almost 100% has changed because of this. Understanding where you stand on things. I think that's such an important statement that you just made. Being able to understand what are my core values? I'm not just talking about what you know my belief system is, but at the end of the day, like what you were just explaining, what are the things that are most important for me as an individual? And yeah. I think that's... I think that's an activity that a lot of people, because we're so connected to technology anymore, we're so connected to social media, constantly being entertained. Um, there was one point where I was teaching a I was teaching a human communication class, and we were talking about technology's impact, you know, on our ability to communicate and connect, you know, yeah. and just understand who we are. And I asked them at one point, you know, how many of you have just had a moment where you just sit there and you think about life and you think about your position in life and where you're going and your trajectory and how do you want your impact to go? Like, what are your values and how are your values going to help you decide how, how you're going to move forward from day to day? Yeah. And I got this just complete look of confusion and horror <laughs> and you know everything else going on because it became clear there's not a whole lot of time given to that. I, I think we're shortchanging ourselves. So... I think it's fantastic that you've had this opportunity and you've actually made this opportunity for yourself to be able to take the moment to think about your values and how they're going to help drive decisions and your goals and your activities and everything that you're going to do to get mm -hmm. to the end of the road, you know, however you're pointing, wh wherever you go, you're going in that direction. Um, I think that's just fantastic. I think it's a great lesson learned for a lot of people to be able to do that. Thank you. Um, no, thank you. See, you're and doing it. Now, I don't know how to say and what to respond. Right, to. <laughs> Just <laughs> let that sit. Let that sit. So yeah. um, is there anything that I haven't asked you or that just a, a parting comment or mm. words of wisdom or anything that, you know, you would like to say as we begin wrapping up? I think there's a bunch. Um, and for the sake of time and brevity, just check out Transacting Value. But, uh, you know, just because you can learn life on your own doesn't mean you go through it alone. Mm -hmm. And I think having that level of awareness, even if that's as far as it goes, mm -hmm. really helps to either build empathy, increase compassion, at the very least, maintain some level of respect, to have a conversation. I'm not saying be friends with everybody. Plenty of people out there with free candy and dark bands. Like, no. Right. Yeah. You know, and you got to be able to have your own autonomy over your boundaries and establish those, not infringing on those. But understand, people are people first. And so ask for mm -hmm. help because somebody's probably going through it too. You know? And, and I think that's the biggest thing, ultimately, that we're not going through this alone. Everybody is living at the same pace, in the same time, with at some point in their lives, the same problems you're hitting. That's probably the biggest thing I could I could sum up everything with. You may live it alone and learn from it alone because it's just you in your head. You don't go through it alone. That's amazing. All right, we're going to leave it at that. Not even going to add anything because it's perfection. All right, we're not going to do anything else. Okay. Porter, how do we get in touch with you? What are all of your links? Uh, so first off, I've got a website up now. It's transactingvaluepodcast.com. 
either B-A-L-U-E or B-A-L-Y-O-U. I've got them both. But either way, transactingvaluepodcast.com. Uh, you can track me down on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, even TikTok. Everything will either come up under Survival Dad YT or Transacting Value Podcast. Search either one on any platform. It'll show up. Uh, and I've got an email address as well, survivaldadyt at gmail.com. And uh, everything's pretty user-friendly from that point. If you want to be on the show, mine, obviously. If you want to leave comments about this one or... Honestly, Jen, even if people want to get in touch with you, they can reach through me and I can liaise to you. It's totally cool yeah. with me if, if that's how people want to go about it. I mean, it's it's got to be a sort of... Uh, what, what's the saying? Uh, strong tides raise all ships or something like that? Effect? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that's how it goes. So, uh, but yeah, those are the outlets I've got. All right. Awesome. So I will make sure to have all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Communication 24-7 podcast. Um, This is, I think, the second or third conversation that we've had, and I've really enjoyed it. I learned something new every single time. I think you have such a great heart, and I think you are a fantastic example of we do have labels, right? And yeah. when you when you hear that someone is active duty Marine, infantry, w- the stereotype comes up. It's absolutely yeah. a stereotype. So I just love that you are out here doing what you're doing and you are the example. You're setting the example that, you know, you can't take everything for face value. You really do need to be willing to get into that conversation and engage so that you yeah, can man. learn more about the person. Yeah. 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 Don't, don't let RBS scare you away. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it has in my case, you know, I've, I've been told. It, it can. It can. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I appreciate it, Jen. Thanks for the opportunity. StreamYard provides easy live streaming and recording, allowing you to stream to multiple online platforms all at one time. Whether you're a creator, a content marketer, business, or just someone with something to say, StreamYard is the way to spread your message and engage with your audience. You can host virtual events, grow your business, inspire your followers, and create a movement. Try StreamYard today for free by clicking on the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. Also, you can now buy some Communication 24-7 swag. Yes! Please go to our website and spell the numbers out, www.communication247.com. Buy some merch, submit a pic to me, and I'll give you a shout out on the next episode. Remember to follow me on Facebook, LinkedIn, and also subscribe to the Communication 24-7 podcast YouTube channel to find out when our next edition of Unscripted is being live streamed. Watch during the live stream and participate by making comments and asking questions. Till then, take care.